You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hustle Culture. I've got my co-host with me, as usual, Carlos Gill. You all have been asking for another episode of Just Us Two since we had uh, the last one. So we're giving it to you right now. Isn't that what we're doing? That's exactly what we're doing. What's happening to all of you hustlers out there? Welcome to another episode of Hustle Culture. It's a Saturday afternoon here on the West Coast, rapping with my man Tayo. We were actually spitting some fire in our pre-show, which is before we go on the air and hit that record button. It's just Tayo and I kicking back. It's like a VIP section of social <laughs> media here on Skype. Where we just rap about everything, and and you know, like the best the best podcasts are the ones where you go into it without an agenda, and you just start rapping, you know, yeah. and freestyling. So we got some really good feedback from our last episode in which Ty and I were just dropping the hammer on some real talk, and uh, in our pre-show, you know, Ty and I just start talking about what his week was like, what my week was like. He starts asking me, actually, I'm, I'm gonna just throw it out there. Ty just says, "Yo, man, do you have a lot of haters?" <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you talking about, Tayo? And I was like, all right, you know what, man? Let's uh let's just let's just go on air and let's just start talking and we'll see what happens. But yeah, man, always awesome to jam out with you, brother. Yeah. Hey, likewise. And the reason I asked you that is because you know, I keep track of what you do and I you know, I saw a lot of what you post were and I saw a lot of comments and I was like, hey, I, are there people bothering you or how are you dealing with all this hate coming your way, man? Cause it's, you would say something about Snapchat. People say, well, my audience is not there. You say something about something. People say, Oh, you're too cocky, you're too confident. I'm like, how do you, you do know that? What, kid? Bro. It's ever since I was a kid, I feel like I've, de- I've dealt with haters for one reason or another, man. And it's like, as I, as I've grown up, you know, DJ Khaled calls him. They, And it's true. It's they like they are the ones that are out there in the corner waiting for you just to fall and fail. So they can say, oh, I knew it. I knew that this guy didn't have the chops or I knew that this guy wasn't legit. And like this whole thing with Snapchat's become crazy because, bro, like I've never even spoken to anyone at Snapchat. I don't get paid to to endorse them. I don't get paid to work for them. I'm not a fanboy either. I just want to go ahead and throw it out there like. People have actually said to me, you know, to my face, they're like, oh, like you come off as like some sort of like Snapchat fanboy. It's like, nah, dude, I'm a, I'm a professional at the end of the day. I'm a businessman. So it's my responsibility to my stakeholders that I serve to be keeping myself abreast on the latest and greatest technologies. Because let's face right. it, bro, like you got to evolve or you're going to die. And that's just how business goes. So when you start talking about things like personal branding, you know, I know you value personal branding. I sure value personal branding. When you start thinking about where business is headed, where marketing is headed, because let's forget social media for a second. This is marketing. So if you are going to be the best damn marketer out there, if you are going to go ahead and look at ways to leverage technology to reach people, you have to keep yourself up to date on what's popping. So Snapchat is one of those mediums that for the last few years, I've actually been on, I've been fascinated by it. Because prior to working in B2B, I was working in consumer marketing. So my mindset back then, it still is today, is how can I reach the younger generation? And in 2013, when I joined Snapchat, Snapchat back then was almost like underground. 
You know, we're talking about Snapchat starting in 2011. I joined Mm -hmm. in 2013. I actually started using the platform actively in 2014 and started talking about it then. And a lot of people were like, oh, like, you're crazy. Snapchat's never going to take off. Look where we're at now. It's the second most active social network. But what happens is this, bro. Just to go ahead and put it out there and just be extremely blunt for our listeners. Real talk. What happens is people are afraid of change. People are afraid that if they go all in on Snapchat, then all of a sudden all the time that they've put on LinkedIn is going to disappear. That all the time they're gonna put, that they put on Facebook is going to disappear. That all the time they put on Twitter is going to go in vain. And dude, let me tell you this. If you are good at what you do, your community will follow you regardless of what platform you are on. So I say this because when I first started in social media eight years ago, I built a business using LinkedIn's platform. Let me repeat this. I built a six-figure generating business using LinkedIn, using LinkedIn's database, and using the platform. And in the process, I built a brand, which is me, that has gotten me a corporate career. None of that would have existed. None of that would have happened. You know my story, bro. You know I didn't go to college. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for me embracing LinkedIn from 2008 to 2011. Now, what happened after that? I went from LinkedIn, started going all in on Twitter because Twitter is where all the sexiness was happening, all the conversation was happening. Twitter was for, for a period where you would go to gra- grow mass awareness on social media. And what happened after that? Engagements started to decline. So what I'm trying to say here, man, is you got to constantly look for ways to evolve. And let me tell you this, the reciprocal effect that Snapchat has had on my personal brand, and again, I'm not talking about business yet, but my personal brand has been more speaking engagements. It's helped me meet more people. So it's expanded my network because let's face it, if you're talking to the same people on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, you're just talking in an echo chamber. So by going on Snapchat, it's now exposed me to more people that I previously wasn't connected to. Those people now follow me on Twitter. Those people subscribe on YouTube. So again, kind of bringing this back to the whole hater conversation, you have the realities, you have a community of marketers out there that they are intimidated by change. So when they see a guy like me who's young, and and let's face it, like let's call it for what it is. I have people that follow me, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but I have people that follow me, I have people that listen. So when a guy like me comes around and they see I'm so boisterous as I am and I'm so passionate about this platform, their instinct is, let me just shit on it. Let me shit on this guy. Let me shit on the platform. Let me question him. Let me question the stats. And I'm sorry, bro. That's, that's, that's hating. There's ways of having professional conversations with people without just completely going out and, and, and shitting on an individual or a platform because they are a proponent of it. And then obviously, you know, we're having this conversation because you go on Facebook and you're like, oh, man, is this guy who shall remain nameless posting this because he's taking a shot at this guy? Like, come on, dude. You know? The, the business and social media ecosystem doesn't need that. Like, none of us get paid by these platforms to endorse them. So the day that you are like a majority shareholder and like you're, you know, gonna profit millions of dollars, you know, th- that's a different conversation. But for now, it's all about it's honestly just like learning and development. It's all research. Research the platforms, put it to use. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, keep moving on. Hey, look, hey, I'm glad you got that out of your way. <laughs> I needed to. I, I know you needed to. And that's why I asked you that question. I'm glad we got to do that. And look, from my observation, it just seems like the further up you go, whether you're hustling your way up to the top, the more Hades you gather. And I always say this. I think people need to um, 
to be very careful about taking a hold of their narrative because you're going to believe what the haters tell you if you're very, very, uh, you're yep. not careful. And no, I'm not saying everyone should have armor. There's no way that some form of hatred is not going to, uh, you know, affect you. I mean, look, people like LeBron and all these people, they read the stuff and it affects them. So it's not like it doesn't affect you. But I think having that sense of awareness about what you want to do. And in, in the last solo um, duo episode that we did, we talked about the importance of staying and uh, acknowledging our benchmarks and you know keeping sight of our long-term goals if we have mm-hmm. sight of that and we feel like we're getting there i think that's always something to to remind ourselves during times when people are are hate are hating or feel like they're just taking a dump on what we're doing with your particular story though it, you especially as a social media professional i've told you this before i'm not a social media professional i'm more of a you know a media person that just tells stories um and I, it's always fascinating when I look at the social media professional world and everyone is just so catty. I, I don't understand. It's, it's sad, man. Like, you got to think, within the social media marketing community, let's let's call spade for spade, within the social media community, marketing community, so many of us have reach. So many of us have influence. Imagine if you were to get 100 of the top social media marketers and everyone that follows them together to actually collaborate. Could you imagine the power that this group would really have? Okay. So on Facebook, you're in the group. I manage a group on Facebook called Social Media Masterminds. There is a a little over 500 professionals in there. I've personally hand-selected. And and when I say I've personally hand-selected, these aren't all people that are fanboys or fangirls by any means. Like These are people I disagree with, but they're also people I respect. And a lot of them are also people that work at brands that are not out there getting the limelight on social media because they're in their offices working. But there is a select number in there which they'll hate. And what I'm trying to say here, Tyo, is imagine if we got those 500-plus people in that group to all get behind something, all get behind an initiative, all get behind a campaign. That's power. And that is what I'm really trying to go ahead and influence out there is social change. If you get the right mix of people together, you can make epic shit happen. What happens, though, is to your point, you have these marketers that feel like they're competing against each other. They feel threatened. (laughs) This guy has more followers than I do. This girl gets more likes than I do. This girl's prettier. This guy says this. And it's like on and on and on. And it's like a vicious cycle, man. And, you know, it's funny because you and I have talked about this offline because you don't work in social media marketing. This, like, whole world is, is, is new to you. And it's foreign. And for most people... Let me tell you something. For most people that work at the brand level that I meet at conferences, they have no idea of these things that happen in the industry. (laughs) They just don't. Like they're oblivious to it because for them, the haters are the people within their own organization where they work. It's not someone that they've never met before that hates on them over over, the stupidest shit. Like I'll give you an example, dude. There's people that dislike me because I post a selfie of my haircuts when I leave the barbershop. I've literally had people unfriend me because I go to a barbershop. I feel amazing. That's my therapy. I'm not getting a haircut for you. <laughs> I'm doing it for me. I'm yeah. not posting. I'm. Hey, look, man. I'm a married guy. I'm not out there trying to get likes to get a hot date. I do it because it makes me feel good because for me, that's my therapy. And I've literally had people say, look, man, like, I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to unfollow you because I think you're cocky or you're this or you're that. It's like, bro, are you serious, man? 
<laughs> so it gets to a point where it's like, honestly, man, it's, it's like more misunderstanding and miscommunication, and it's it's completely silly. Silly. So I gotta say, man, like I've learned to ignore the haters. I've just ignored to kind of block it. Like I went through a very bad experience going to work for LinkedIn because when I worked for LinkedIn, it seemed like all these people instantly put like a bullseye on my back, and these are things I haven't really been very open about until now. All these people put a bullseye on my back. They said how is this guy qualified to work at this company? And that really fucked up with my psyche, you know? It really did. So when I stopped working there after a very short period of time, it started to create all these rumors. Oh, he got fired. He couldn't make it. You know, again, it's they that starts hating and casting that doubt. But I'm gonna tell you this, Tayo, and I'm gonna say for everyone listening to this right now, when you, when you decide to own your success... And when you block they out of your mind, like they don't fucking exist, then you are in control. And only then is when you're winning. That leads me, nice segue, to the next point. (laughs) The next point, which is we also discussed before the show, the fear of success. You, You were asking me how my week was. And I said, uh, you know, I haven't really thought of it because I, you know, I started full time at the the position. So I was doing UID and I'm also, a, you know, head of media at the startup. And essentially I'm creating podcasts, creating videos, creating content, driving content. And I, and I was telling you and you're like, man, that's all you want. I was like, yeah. And I've got to go cover 30, uh, cover 30 interviews in New Orleans for a conference called Collision. And you're like, man, really? That, that's all you wanted? And I, and I go on to say, yeah, and the United Nations called yesterday and I'm supposed to speak at them in June. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, you know, what, Carlos? United Nations. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, you know, what, Carlos, I, I haven't really processed all this <laughs> because to me, my success, I don't know if it's it's not a fear of success, but I'm like, I'm always thinking what happens next and, uh, you know, like what happens if I achieve success? And I, I think that's an interesting point to to talk about because you were just saying if you take a hold of your narrative, success is something that you can uh, become intimate with. And for me, the last two years of completely hustling, of going to, to move into New York City from Virginia, mm-hmm. getting my MBA and then purposely not going to the recruiting trips because I knew I didn't want to get a job in Deloitte. I didn't want to get a job at you know, KPMG and nothing against that. I just knew. After the first job I got at college, I knew I didn't want to do a job I didn't feel fulfilled in or love. And, you know, going through that period of, you know, starting my own business, you know, I think at the time I was 23, 24. And I was like, man, I really hope I know what I'm doing <laughs> because I was, I, I'm in one of the most expensive cities in the United States and, and I'm actively choosing not to, not to do a job that's supposed to, you're supposed to get after an MBA. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the work. I want to be this media professional. I'm going to learn everything about being in the media. I'm going to learn how to produce, learn how to host, learn how to co-host, produce, and everything. And last week, it all culminated into all these opportunities coming to me. And I was like, every single step that I took then is materializing. Mm-hmm. I got hired because of everything I've done with UID. Like, I, I really don't have the bandwidth. We love what you've done there. Please come do it in the company. I, I, United Nations called because of my background as, as someone that's um, spoken. I spoke at World Bank last year. But someone that's, that's you know, identifies with several cultures and talks about these things on is told by nomads and writes about it. And they're like, we would love you to talk about how you do that with media and how you can do that sustainability. And then I'm covering 30 interviews in, in a, a conference with my own free press pass. Uh, how and I'm like, feel? yeah. And I'm like, I, you asked me that question. I was like, I, you know, I guess on some level that's, 
a level of success, but you know, you were talking about dealing with haters. I haven't actually dealt with the actual idea that I'm I've achieved something. And that's an interesting. I don't know how to feel. Well, like a couple of things come to mind there. You know, one again, we were talking about this before we went on air. Like, I don't feel successful at all. Yeah. Like, there's periods of my life in which, and my career, which I've accomplished a form of success. There's been dip W's along the way, but for me, just like you, it's longer term play. So within that longer term play, there's many smaller obstacles along the way that we're trying to achieve. So like that's like more check marks, but I think. In your case, Tayo, you come across, and and let's let's just be honest with each other. Like you know, we're friends here, but you come across just much more humble, I think, than I do. Don't get me wrong; like I know what humility is. But yeah. I think when people look at like the aesthetics, they 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 see like you know, oh, this guy's taking selfies of himself. You know, he's all about himself when that's totally not the case. Whereas, you know, like the things that you post are like on a completely different level. So yeah, 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 but no, and 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 that's that's also an interesting point. Trust me, because you, you don't want haters, but you want haters. <laughs> you don't, no. you don't want because you want to go, you want to go under the radar as long <laughs> as you possibly can go. As soon as you get haters, you will be you will be sitting in that chair right now, looking over your shoulder. Because you're gonna feel like even if you're home alone, there's someone that's about to walk through that door, man. No, I mean, but that's the thing. I, I, I just I brought this point up just because we deal with success in a different way. Your success is so much more public. Where, I mean, and to some extent, you know, if I have someone successful, I'll post it, you know, on YouTube, on Facebook. But then I leave it like that. But the people, the way people react to you is something I, I, I don't understand. And it's the same. This happens with. Uh, other people more known, celebrity and all that. But I never understand what happens when someone takes the time to write a scathing remark about something without any basis. And I always wonder how that affects the psyche of someone as they're going through the hustle. Because my particular journey was very, very personal. I, dis- I was getting an MBA, but my MBA was to move to New York City and to learn and use New York as my campus. I took a very, I was the only entrepreneur that graduated from my class. Everybody had a job. I did that because I was like, I want to make sure I'm making an impact. And it was scary. I had broke months, very broke months, <laughs> but it all paid Fair up. And, and it's a two, it's been a two year journey. Now, now, when that's happened recently, I'm like, man, do I? F- I feel guilty for not even acknowledging it because I'm still like in this humble state that you're saying, I'm like, oh man, maybe there's still more I need to achieve. So, I, that's my my dealing with my level of success. I haven't even thought about haters yet because I I have a different way of reacting um, to oh, haters. They'll, I, they'll they'll come out of the woodwork. Yeah, man. but they I also come have, you out of the woodwork. But I, for some reason, I, I guess I'd never really respond. I remember when we first started with a podcast, someone had the same thing and people were talking. I mean, my we did a video thing and people were like, oh, I would never respect a guy that doesn't have the right lights in a video. They were talking about me. And I was like, <laughs> you, remember, you remember that? I, I was exactly like, you know what, what talking about. I, I didn't respond. And, and you were so you were more mad about that than me. And I was like, look, well, because so, so, so that that's case in point. And, and, and look, I don't believe in name dropping, especially in this type of context. So I don't want to put anyone out there on stage. State Street. But to your point, we had just launched Hustle Culture. We are creating a pot. First of all, let's 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 put it for what it is. We're not getting paid to do this. Yeah. We're taking time on a Saturday afternoon to record a podcast to give people a microphone and a stage for them to talk about their businesses. I'm not getting paid. You're not getting a check. So we're doing this 
as goodwill and someone has to be just i'm gonna say it bro someone has to be an asshole on <laughs> facebook because you don't have professional lighting it's like are you serious bro right now like this is uh, fox <laughs> news we're not sitting in a professional studio this is a yeah. podcast which people <laughs> listen to on their cell phone Okay, <laughs> so these are, th but, 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 and again, but again, Tayo, lesson to be learned, my young brother, people, when they feel intimidated, when they sense it, when they sense in the air, this person is on to doing something greater, they get intimidated by that, and their only course of action is to go ahead and cast doubts and just shit over what you're doing, so... I'm gonna put this probably on Facebook and YouTube when when we're done with this recording. This right. is probably the most passionate that you have probably ever seen me. But bro, oh yeah, it is. I we said you you kept saying save it, save it. I was like, what are you saving? And then we got on the air. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna lay you know back. Why you this fires me up though, dude? And and this is where I'm going with this tile because this is what fuels me. This is what fuels my fire. Because Tayo, when you stop thinking about they and when you start putting in the work. And let's get to that first. Let's get to that when I'm done with this little mini rant. And when you start putting in the work, you know what happens? You start lapping they. And they aren't even on your roadmap anymore because you've already lapped them. <laughs> They're yeah, in the dust. Yeah. So, dude, to keep a 100, serve, take care of the 99% people that you're trying to serve. And not the 1% who will never buy from you and who will never believe in you. And that, my friend, is real talk. So I'm going to repeat it again. Focus on the 99% of people who will buy from you, who will support you, and not the 1% who never will. And I know there's a, there, I know I've heard from a lot of people that's like, oh no, it's all about that 1%. No, it's not. Okay. If you focus on that 1%, you're shutting your doors and you're closing your opportunities. Okay. If there's 100 million people out there, and I know that 99 million people will support me. I'm going to go with the masses. Absolutely. You know, the first thing I did after having this crazy week was I, you know, um, I hit up all the people that had helped me along the way. People in my community. And said, I just said, thank you. You know, this happened. And it was because you listened. It was because you did this. It was because you believed in me in that. And I think that too many times when we're building businesses and when we're having families while building businesses or whatever, we fail to acknowledge the people that actually got us there. Um, and we pay too much attention to the people that just met us there. <laughs> yep. And we're like, whoa, I'm putting so much energy into this hate when the people that buoyed us up to this point, you know, were the first listeners. They were the only ones that, that came and listened to everything. They were the ones that were sending the DMs on, on Snapchat and saying, hey, thank you, man. Keep doing it. One do that. It's going pushing. down in the yeah. DM. <laughs> when he was doing that and, um, it just, I think this week for me when I was pensive, it just made me more appreciative of that. And, and that was the only thing I kept thinking of. And, you know, I kept thinking, you know, I totally haven't processed it yet, but I just kept thinking of how much um, people helped me, you know, how the community, you know, I, I look, I, I'm 26 now, but I was a 20 something year old that people took a chance on. And only thing that we all need in this world is opportunity. That's the difference with a lot of big name people and the, the little guests. You just need an opportunity to do it. And I, and I was like, I'm just going to go through everyone and thank everyone for that. So as you're hustling right now and you all talking and, and, and Carlos's rant, 
is very spot on. It's he's, his passion is that because those people don't matter. First of all, you need to focus on people that do matter because that's how you start to build community. And those people will tell other people and your authenticity will shine through in spite of your haters. And, and you know, let me let me build on that, Tayo, if I may. You want to yeah. know who holds the real keys to success? It's not DJ Khaled. <laughs> the the keys the keys to your success and it's not you and it's not me it's the people who you build relationships with even yeah. even the Mark Cubans and Gary V's of the world even the Donald Trumps of the world all these people out there had people along the way that made introductions that gave them opportunities gave them you know give them gigs and you have to build relationships with people because ultimately people are the ones that are going to open up doors for you and help pave the road. And let me tell you something, man. You're going to knock on a lot of doors in life and you're going to be told no a lot of times. But you got to keep moving forward because it's that one opportunity that someone is going to say yes that could completely set the wheels in motion for you. So, you know, anyone out there listening that, you know, has either felt hard on their luck or feels like, you know what, like I got to put everything, I got to put the whole weight on my shoulders. Nah, dude, just keep doing you, keep being a good person, but build relationships because yeah. I'm telling you, man, you cannot rule the world in a silo. First of all, you can't do it. You got to put yourself out there. You got to position yourself for success. And by, by positioning yourself, I mean going through the events, even though you're uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. The first, the first idea I had for my podcast, which led to all this, someone else, was because I went to an Ariana Huffington event because I, I, like, I was like, I'm in New York City. Ariana Huffington is basically Huffington Post. I admire her. She's got a book tour. I'm just going to go. I went to the event, mm-hmm. and then there was, a, there was a point where I was making it, you know, the lady where you check in said, hey, are, are you here as a guest or a blogger? I was there as a guest, but I was like, wait a minute. There's an opportunity here that I could uh, take on. I was like, blogger. I'm here as a blogger, even though I had a guest ticket. And she didn't even read my ticket. So I was like, okay. She was like, okay, bloggers go over there. Make sure you write, you Love know, it. whatever you write, send to us. I was like, okay, okay, good. So I covered the event, emailed Irina Hubbington, and emailed the people. She responded. <laughs> surprisingly said wow thank you for that please let us know and then she ultimately gave me access to um to the huffton post and said i should come contribute as, as, a, as a writer and it was just because i told her hey look this is what i've done you inspired me to create my podcast i just want to say thank you but it's a matter of putting yourself there and positioning so i always mm-hmm. say like you just said put yourself out there and just continue to just understand it's a process if i could tell my younger self something i'll be like patience it always works if you stay consistent and don't give up even though you feel like nothing is working your way. And I know it's easy to say now, but look, I've lived an interesting two and a half years in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's been months when I've like, I'm not sure why this rent is coming, but it always came. I don't know how it came. Mm-hmm. I got a gig at the last minute or I got something and it always came like at the last minute. And um and, and and that was just because I stay consistent. So I'm always telling the listeners of the show when I get an uh, um, uh, uh, email like, "My boss hates me. My, uh, you know, my. I don't know how I'm going to balance this business." It's you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Are you doing what you're passionate about? And if you really feel like you're doing what you're passionate about, what's the end goal? How is that ultimately going to benefit you? I mean, you, Carlos, you have enough stories about this. So, you know, what, man, the only advice I think I would give my younger self is to get started sooner. Yeah, you know, that's it. 
you know, I have no regrets. Uh, you know, I don't look back on anything I've Absolutely. done and said like, shit, like I should have done this or I should have done that. You know, I've, uh, you know, just going to humble brag for a moment if I may, you know, I've built a personal brand. <laughs> I've built relationships. I've done the things I tell other people that you should do. And like, I, I'll be the first to say, I don't have all the answers. I'm not, a no multi- I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a multimillionaire. I haven't no one flipped and sold startups. But I'll tell you, like, if you want to know, like, my roadmap to at least a trajectory that I've pursued to this point, I can tell you how to get there. The only thing I would tell myself is instead of starting at 25, getting in the startup game, getting in the social media game, shit, instead of going at 19 to go pursue a corporate job, I would have just started at 19. Or when I was 17 and dropped out of high school, instead of going to sell (laughs) shoes, I would just said, shit, stay living with mom and dad. Don't get married as young as I did. And... If you're going to be a high school dropout, just start using social media now just to figure your way through the phase. Yeah, look, there, no regrets on both of our ends. And it's always – we're saying all this just to say whatever you're doing, you have to trust what you're doing. And the, the other benefit of having relationships is they can tell you if your idea is horrible or, or they can help advance your idea. Oh, yeah. And then you can work on your, your next idea. If you feel like you're, you need to be in a silo – this is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I learned this quickly. Not telling people your idea – I think is one of the biggest mistakes people can make because ultimately mm-hmm. the biggest mis- the biggest difference with any entrepreneur and a would be entrepreneur is execution. You can say, "Oh, I've got this billion dollar idea," but I'm not going to tell you. So, wh- how are you validating it? How do you know if someone that you said it to can make the right introduction? How do you know if someone's not going to recommend it an and event see, that will that, put your stint? And that goes back uh, to the fear of success, though. Is people keep these things within them, and a, a, a big thing is they can't take the feedback that's going to come along with telling someone. So to your point, I think you got to talk to people. You also got to take people's feedback and don't think, don't take things to heart. If someone get, pushes back and gives you the feedback, that's not the the feedback that you were personally expecting or wanted to hear. Exactly. No, I mean, it, and you know, we always do a shark tank segment at the end of the show. One of the reasons why some of the people go on shark tank, some people say, Oh, it's a recognition, but you know, they, they're giving feedback. <laughs> That's ultimately what the, the people are doing. Whether they put, they're putting themselves out there, whether the idea is horrible, you know, people are getting feedback. And I'm sure a lot of them go back and say, wow, I didn't think of that. That's what happens. You know, that's just what happens. So building relationships is key. Um, and, you know, one of the ways you can do that is through Snapchat. One of the ways you can do that is through Twitter, through LinkedIn, whatever social media choice you want to do that. We live in a digital and globalized world. And the sad thing is not many of us act digital or global. And, and, and the people that don't are the ones that are going to be losing because the ones that are making rela- – Carlos and I made a relationship over Twitter. That's how this podcast came here. Mm-hmm. Carlos has made many relationships over Snapchat. That's happened. LinkedIn, he built a six-figure big business out of that. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, Twitter was the reason I got my first job because I had 20,000 followers and I built that organic you know, through some form of format. And then they're like, wow, okay, I love how you build the relationships. And it's a matter of leveraging that in a digital space because we're only getting more digital. Everything is an app. Everything is a shareable economy. Mm-hmm. There's the Uber, this, the Airbnb, that. If you can't you communicate in that economy. world, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know how you can collaborate. Exactly. So um, I guess the key point should be don't let the haters define you. Don't, don't allow the fear of success define you. Appreciate your community and also build relationships haters gonna hate you know but but here's here's the thing for as much as we love and talk about social media don't forget about the community that you're in don't forget about the real life aspect like social media again it's great for personal branding great icebreaker 
Great to get in with people. However, it is not a substitute or a replacement for face-to-face contact. I want to go ahead and transition, you know, as 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 we look to go ahead and uh, get closer to wrapping up this episode of Hustle Culture Tile about serendipity. And I believe in serendipitous meetings. I want to share with you and with our listeners a story. And I actually uh, started posting about this on Facebook uh, last night. And uh, I was in a I was in a shared Uber ride. Do you guys have Uber Pool there in New York, Tyo? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So Uber Pool here is really big in San Francisco. In fact, it's, it actually greatly contributed to me help uh, finding my job at LinkedIn last year. So I was in this shared Uber ride. And I was in the back seat doing my thing on my phone, wasn't even like looking up. And then the driver starts talking with the uh, the guy who was in the passenger seat right in front of me. So they start talking and rapping, and um, all of a sudden, I, I I hear Snapchat. So it was like my ears perked up, and I start talking, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, Snapchat's great, this and that." And um, you know, long story short, me and the guy in the front seat, we we both were going to the same place, which is the uh, BART station, the train station. So we get both out of the car together, and he's like, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, hey, I'm Carlos. And he goes, hey, do you work in social media? And I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, yeah, man, like I'm trying to get like a job in social media, but like no one will hire me. And um, long story short, man, he told me that day, yesterday, he had interviews at like Salesforce, Airbnb, and ironically at Uber as well. And we're talking, and I'm like, well, why isn't anyone hiring you? He's like, man, like I didn't go to college. He's like, I have a GED. Everyone here in Silicon Valley wants a degree from like Cal or like Stanford or, you know, one of these like, you know, bigger name schools. He's like, I don't have the experience. And dude, like I started talking with this kid and he's 25, mind you. So he's a year younger than you, Tyo. And he's a waiter at a restaurant. But dude, this guy was so sharp. Like when I tell you, dude, like he knew things about like metrics, analytics, engagement, like the dude has studied. He was able to talk a better game to me about social media marketing than most marketers. Okay. (laughs) Real talk. So where I'm going with this man is we literally spent 45 minutes. He wanted to pick my brain and he, instead of getting off on his exit in Oakland, he continued to ride all the way to my exit. And we talked for like a whole 45 minutes, man, the guy was like, almost in tears by the end of our ride because I was telling him about like my climb. I was telling him about what I've gone through. I was like, bro, like I came out here to San Francisco with no college degree, went to go work at LinkedIn. Like you think people hated on me? You think I had, you know, disc- you know, people discriminate against me because I'm Hispanic and I don't fit the mold of this area here? Absolutely. Do you think that stopped me? No. And that's that what I was telling him is like, you, you can't stop, dude. Like you got to keep putting in work. Like that's a key. I was telling him, do some freelance, do some free work to yes. get some experience under your belt. Even if you are hustling after hours on the weekend when you're not working your waiting job, you got to actually put in work. Like none of these people, I told him straight up, like, dude, like you seem like a very nice guy, but if I'm Airbnb, I am not hiring you. You do not have experience. Forget credentials. You just don't have experience. So you need to get the experience under your belt and maybe in a year to two years from now, look at this from a different perspective. But in the meantime, what can you do? Make Airbnb or one of these sexy tech companies a goal, but what can you be doing to position you in the best light from now to then? And I told him, I was like, dude, when I dropped out of high school at 17, I didn't think that 15 years later I'd be working in very well-paying positions at companies like LinkedIn. That became a goal, but I had to work. There was a trajectory there. It wasn't just walk right into something. I think I can do the job. People want to really be sold and compelled by you. And uh, 
like I said, man, it was definitely a serendipitous meeting. I, I, I believe we meet people along the way that either there's a reason for it, there's there's a message that you need to get out of it, or there's a message that you need to get to someone. And uh, it was awesome, dude, being able to, to do that for someone. Uh, I'm sure that was that was awesome. That sounds like a great experience. And I remember reading the story on, on LinkedIn, and I was telling you about it. I think I think it's so interesting because if there's anything that I've learned, it's that hard work beats talent every time mm-hmm. and one of the, the things that jaded me you know like I, when i was starting with media um i was like man established media how am i going to get a radio to understand me how am i going to get a tv mm-hmm. personality to do that and then all of a sudden i was like wait podcasting no barrier to entry i'm just going to mm-hmm. create my own platform right. i'm going to write about all these things i'm going to do it and then all of a sudden you know two years later people are like Wow, so you've done all this, you've done all this. And these were the same people that were in the established so-called industry. And it's always so funny how things that were established change. To your point of change, everything is moving digital now. And people are like, you know, TV networks are freaking out over the fact that things are more digital. Media establishments that have been there for hundreds of years are like, wait a minute. This is where the audience is. How do we get people to understand this? The same thing with social media. Like, I don't understand social media. I don't understand digital media. How do Mm -hmm. I get that? And... I always say when someone asks me how do you put in the time and do that, I'm just saying you got to be willing to do free work, because there were there were gotcha. interviews I con- conducted at 4 a.m. because the person was in Australia. There were interviews that I left when I just landed at an event to just go back. To, oh, this is the only time you can interview. Let's go. And you built a catalog, and now 100 and what 60 episodes later, you, you know, <laughs> you know. Well, th- 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 let, let, th- let, let's 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 face it, man. Like what we're doing right now is free work. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, That's what I'm wanna, saying. Well, the podcast, create, it is free work. You want to create a media platform? I have aspirations to create a media agency. Well, how do you do it? You have to actually create media. You actually yeah. have to know how to turn on a record button, as easy as it sounds, and talk, and edit, and distribute, and go ahead and make that sexy before you can do it for someone else. And build an and audience. And the whole, the whole point of what I'm trying to say is when you were telling him to do free work, it doesn't matter. I mean, your age is always like, oh, you're this young. But if you go back and tell them, yeah, you, you have that look in your face, but take a look at my catalog. This is what I've done. I mean, how many people in your place of work right now can say they've built this or built this audience and have this platform? You just think about that for a second. And when you're ready to write my, give my employee contract, I'll be over there sipping the latte. You, you, you say stuff like, I mean, you can do it, you know, and it doesn't, it feels horrible when it's free sometimes, but you are ultimately building your resume. And, and, and that's again, the beauty of 2016. And again, and, and we talked about this before, it goes back to, you're not always going to get the answer that you want. Yeah, no, you're, you're not, not. But you also have to take it for what it's worth. And if someone is telling you, this is what I had to do to do X, you know, hey, man, <laughs> it's up to you at that moment. If you want to take someone, if you want to, you know, take, you know, flight or not, you know, but uh, like look, I said, man, look, Carlos, 85 job rejections before I got my first job in, in, in college. Uh, before anyone accepted me at Florida, I got rejected from from four schools, it was Cornell, Northeast. I'm going to say the names right now. I'm calling all you out: Northeastern, do it, do it. NYU. You know, and those are the, those are the three: NYU, Cornell, uh, and, and Northeastern. And you know, I made it to the final round of Cornell, and I was like, man, ah, I really wanted to get Ivy League in my on my resume, and I was just close to doing that. But you know what? I'm looking back right now. This is to the point where you, we say all the time: everything everything happens for a reason. Cornell is in Ithaca. Ithaca is not in New York City. 
I went to Fordham, which is at the heart of New York City, and I probably would never have had the bravery or or, or impetus to start something right in the capital, the media capital of the world, if I hadn't gone there. And that's serendipity. You're like, oh my goodness. It actually makes sense. Everything was meant to happen. And I remember feeling, why do 85 people not want to hire me? Why do three schools not want to hire me? You know, and even for, for Fordham, I was waitlisted. <laughs> it wasn't even like I got a direct, they had, they gave me a conditional accept. They're like, okay, we want to, because they because my, um, everything was good, but my GMAT was, was not high enough. So they're like, okay, uh, okay, well, conditional. You only have to do this credits. You only have to do like two classes. You know what I did? I took four classes. And then, and, and then when the, the dean called me the next term, she asked me, we specifically told you to take two classes. Why you take four classes? I was like, I took four classes. I had a 3.8 GPA. Are you really going to tell me that I don't deserve to be in a class? She had no response to that. And then they, they t- converted me to full term. But you got to make the best of your opportunities. She gave me a little opening, and I acted like I was a well, full-time student. You got to <laughs> live life. Yeah. You got to live your life and let it play out. There you okay? go. In order, in order for you to go ahead and, and, and recognize your own self-worth. Like, you know, I, I could probably also go on, and I could call people out. And, you know, I've been oh, turned no. down for jobs before. I've interviewed for a lot of jobs I've been turned down for. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't feel great. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, put my head down. You got to keep moving forward. So keep moving. All right, man. This has been an awesome episode of Hustle Culture. I definitely like the vibe of us doing our uh, just freestyle rapping, man. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it, too. For all of our listeners out there, if you want to hear more Tayo and I rap, go ahead (laughs) and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you're happening to watch this right now on YouTube, like I said, I'm going to put it on Facebook, too. Drop a little comment below. Give us a thumbs up. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Hustle Culture. Turning it back over to you, Tayo. Hey, till next time, no matter what you're doing, wherever you are in the world, remember to use your difference to make a difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.